welcome to Embrace the Tank. We took last week off, but we're going to kind try and catch up from some things that happened last week as well as what has happened since then. Uh, as always, I'm Ryan. And I am Will. So, um... We'll preface this, I guess, because we didn't do a good job of that previously. Uh, we usually talk about the Sabres at the end of the podcast. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, so there'll be a pretty pretty sizable chunk. Though It'll eventually probably get switched around, but we've got a couple things talking about that. Uh, and But we're going to kick off this episode, and we're going to dive into talking about the two uh, number one and number two draft picks of this year and their performance. Uh, right now, and I got stats in front of me. No, we got a tale of two stories right here. You, uh, everybody expected Nolan Patrick to come out and, you know, take take charge and be the leader for the the Calder, and it's not the case. It's not the case. Um, well, and he was supposed to go number one, but I think what hindered that was injuries. Yeah. Um, and then Nico Hishier ended up going first, but. Their stats are not as good as I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to be amazing, but yeah, they're not generational players. I but think they're still number one, number two for a reason. Yeah, I think they, with their expectations, were still high. Uh, granted, they're only eighteen and nineteen years old. True. Heeshear, uh, thirty-four games played, only has five goals, and he has sixteen assists, which I guess is decent. Twenty-one that's, that's, points. That's nothing to scoff at. Twenty-one um, points in your first thirty-four games. That's that's not bad at all. And minus minus three rating, but New Jersey's been kicking it up. They've been doing yeah, pretty good. That's, so that's helpful that the team who had the first overall pick in last year's draft ends up being successful. And I don't know if he's still. He was on the first line uh, for a while, playing. He played with Hall and stuff, and then yeah couple trades that happened so well you gotta remember the devils felt confident enough in their center group that they traded henrique over to the devils yeah or to the to the ducks to the ducks yeah he didn't get traded back to the same team yeah, we don't know that not yet and then we got uh nolan patrick 25 games played which was he injured yeah he was yeah he was he had a concussion of course he, was. he missed uh he missed a couple games here and there uh only has two goals five assists seven points mm-hmm. not as big as production uh, i read an article a while back though that um it basically was like i think it was a philly uh author or whatever and he was pretty much saying like this is to be expected like no one thought nolan patrick was going to be amazing he's a young player and it's the fact that he's even playing on the nhl team in the flyers like yeah uh, there's nothing to be worried about and his production will eventually be where it's supposed to be so yeah the flyers have had a pretty streaky season they won what well, i think they won 11 games with one win in, in that span and more recently now they're seven wins in the last eight games or something like that it's yeah ridiculous. Uh, i have that written down that they're going for against buffalo they're going for their um eighth win in nine games so it has been a streaky season for them but Nolan yeah. patrick I, I i think both of those players are i don't say i don't think they're like ready like how Matthews and McDavid were like oh, at, they weren't so they're, NHL they're at, ready oh, those, right Matthews off the and bat McDavid were at a whole nother level so it's obviously going to take them a little, a little while to adjust to the NHL but yeah. uh, I bet you midway through this we're getting to the point uh, midway through the season they'll probably produce a little bit more and then yeah a couple usually, of years down the road they'll be top of line players usually it goes one of two ways once you hit the 40 game mark is either you've felt accustomed to the NHL and you finally find your feet and your rhythm and your routine, and, and you start picking up uh, picking up the scoring pace, or you realize, hey, I wasn't ready, and 
the difference between the NHL and the minors finally hits you and, and you're a little overwhelmed and you'll start to slow down. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see which one uh, picks up the pace and which one slows down or maybe both of them pick up the pace and maybe they take on bigger roles with their teams. It's There's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. And I think they'll both be pretty good players down the line, though. Oh, well, completely, any, completely any agree. Players. One, number one and number two usually pan out yeah. pretty good. Besides, they went one and two. Besides a couple people, but forget, we forgot to mention that this segment was called Top Ched because it's the, tot, the hot topics in the NHL, which this isn't really a hot topic, but something I think needed to be mentioned. It's decent enough in the season that you can uh, um, yeah, we haven't talked rate about these the, players uh, and see how good they're playing. We haven't so. talked about the rookies yet this year. Outside of that, I know uh, Clayton Keller's been having a pretty good season. Oh, yeah, and you did, and I brought up the stats. So we got Clayton Keller because with the trophy for – Yeah, the Calder. Calder for the best, best rookie. rookie. Clayton um, Keller's up there. He's had a lot of goals. Same thing with uh, Brock Besser. He's up there too. Yeah, Clayton Keller's pretty good. 36 games played, 12 goals, 14 assists. Um, 26, 26 points. 26 points. It's a minus 20, but that's to be expected on Arizona. When you put him on a different team, he's not a minus 20. Um. So. I have Sergachev on here too. Yeah, I know Sergachev's had a really good season for for Tampa so far. Sergachev right is on there. Tampa though, so that's Tampa's been r- ridiculous. He's right place, right time, and he's the benefactor for um, it. He's got thirty four games played, eight goals, fifteen assists, twenty three points, plus twelve. Um, pretty good coming out as a defenseman. Twenty three points as a defenseman, plus twelve. And then uh, you had mentioned Besser. I didn't bring his stats up, but I'll bring them up right now. Yeah, last I checked, I'm pretty sure he was almost at the 20-goal mark already. Yeah, he's 33 games played, 19 goals, 14 assists, 33 points, minus one. On a Vancouver team that no one really expected to be that good. The kid doesn't know how to not score. So, Did you see what he did the other day? Like, blocked a shot or something with his ankle. Everybody in Vancouver thought his ankle was broken, and everybody was crying. Like, the well, season's he was over. He was day-to-day for a little bit. He, he heads out of the game, comes comes back scores just he just keeps doing brock besser things Six one, hundred ninety ninety one 191 pound uh 20 years old college kid you know helping out do? helping out vancouver canucks um keeping them alive and their their uh, competitiveness yeah uh next top chad talk topic taco top next, chad taco top chad taco I'd like that. I can. Uh, I, I'm not opposed. Um, figured we'd talk about the All Star fan vote. I think the All Star weekend or whatever. I think this is the end of January. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, end of January, beginning of February. Always fun to watch that. Um, the skills competitions. The it's they continue to three on three. Yeah. Gameplay, which is always fun. It's pretty much why do they have goalies? But it's interesting to watch. True, um, true. Can you guess who's leading that? Even though I, I mean, you have it on your phone, but could you guess? Um, I, I haven't skimmed over this section because personally, I'm not a huge fan of the All Star Game. I just want to see more competitive hockey all the time. Yeah. Uh, they, I do like the way that they switched to three on three because although it's not you know hockey hockey, it's still competitive, exciting, fast paced. Well, we can step into that real quick before you guess who the obvious person is. Um, the I think the all-Star game is not for hockey fans. It's for trying yeah, it's, to it's draw for, more people in. It's for the in. casual fan to try to be like, hey, these are all the best players in the league. Come check us out. Yeah, and, and it's to... basically a showcase of yeah. this is what 
you can do like oh look at this guy he can go in between his legs and behind his back and over his head and he can do a backflip and then score a goal yeah where like other sports you don't have that and it's trying to draw people in yeah i know i i really enjoyed the uh the, the the fantasy draft or like the the backyard pickup draft they only they did. did that for one year yeah, right it was it was, a, was i think fun. it was a couple seasons they did it but pominville got picked like third or fourth everyone thought he was gonna get last because the last place won the car wasn't it was ovechkin right ovechkin. no i think it was ben it was ben or say i forget i, I forget who went last but i know ovechkin was just ridiculous during that i think it was jamie ben or well, I think that was something else, Ovechkin. I think it was, like, the skills. Comp- There's something other part that Ovechkin yeah. was wanted to win. No, no, no. <laughs> he did want to be picked last because he made a big thing about it. Car. He wanted the car. Yeah, I remember I think, that because that was think, leading up to yeah, it. Yeah, I think they gave him the car anyways just because it's like, okay, you've made a fool of yourself. Which then I think the he probably gave it away. Probably. I don't think Alex Ovechkin, Mr. Makes, 9 million bucks a season because he's the best natural goal scorer in the league, needs a car. I don't know. He might. That's true. True, I'm, I'm kind of. I kind of want to look that up and uh, remember remember what that is. But back to the All Star game. Uh, the only I think the only positive thing is that for a hockey town or hockey city, it brings in a lot of fans and it brings in a lot of revenue, it's and true. it it kind of gets the community involved a little bit more. So I think where that's the they, positive uh, side. Where do they have it this year? Do you know? I'm pretty sure it's in Tampa. Ooh, that's perfect timing for how good Tampa's been this season. Yeah. Um, but if you want to guess who is number one. Uh, I'm going to take a random shot and say Connor McDavid. Oh, yeah, Connor McDavid. 24.72% of the vote right now in the Pacific. Um, who can you guess for the Atlantic division? Atlantic? Uh, either Crosby, Malkin, Tavares, Ovechkin. It Probably. is Stamkos. It's Stamkos. Oh, Atlantic. Oh. Atlantic, yeah. Oh, wow. Let me just name all the Metro then. Um, Metro's next. Okay, well, I'll just say that for those are my guesses. Uh, Ovechkin. And then we have um, who for the Central? Central. Probably Patty Kane, Tarasenko. No, interesting here. Mm, um, going to be? Big... Uh, Jimmy Ben? Big in the... Um, oh, oh uh, Nashville's... Uh, flashy... It's got to be PK. Yeah, it's PK Subban, 14.71% of the vote. I, don't, um, I can't believe Montreal got rid of him. McDavid had 24.72%, Stamkos 22%, Ovechkin 20%, and then Subban had 14 Um I have a list of people that are behind all the people, uh, like McDavid behind him. You got, um, behind Stamkos, you got Kucherov, Austin Matthews, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's been very quiet this year. Yeah, especially with him uh, reaching out, talking about his contract status. Uh, I think a lot, of, on that list too. a lot of fans from Ottawa aren't too thrilled with that. OV obviously followed by Crosby, which is surprising that Crosby's not first. But uh, Crosby, Tavares, of course, Bobrovsky. Um, Can we just talk about how good John Tavares has been in the last couple of days? Yeah, but he's on the Islanders, so but it's just... Five straight games with multi-points, and he's not the only one. Josh Bailey's been doing it too. Yuck. They, they're both, they're number two and three in points in the league right now. Did you expect that? Did you expect Josh Bailey? I mean, Tavares, yeah. But Josh Bailey, he's got 35 assists already. Benefactor of who you're playing with. He's um, pretty good. And behind Subban, you got Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, McKinnon, and Sagan. Patrick Kane only got uh, 10% of the vote right now. I'm surprised Chicago's always had a good showing in the uh, in the All-Star game. Well, next, switching in, I'm guessing you added this one so you can kick it off. Yes, yes, yes. So last week, since we didn't have an episode, uh, we didn't get to mention it. Um, 
from from Buffalo perspective, this isn't great news, but Chris Neal finally called it quits. Was he even playing? Did he play at all this year? Uh, I believe uh, I believe his last season was last year, and okay. he was holding out, hoping for a contract, and didn't come into fruition. So he's hanging up the skates finally. And you got the stats comparing him and Rob Ray, which I, I felt that it was a uh, similar, not exact, but a similar uh, similar comparison. player style. Yeah. yeah, lots of games. <laughs> I think not I don't think a Rob, lot of goals. I don't think Rob Ray. Rob Ray has not nearly as many points. No, no, no. So Chris Neal's got – he ended his career in uh, 1,000, just over 1,000 games. He had 250 points. Rob Ray had 900 games and 91 points. However, Rob Ray finished seventh all-time in penalty minutes. So, But can <laughs> you imagine that? 900 games and Rob Ray had 3,200 penalty minutes. I mean, that's that's what his job was. Chris Neal finished 20th all-time with 2,500. So, I mean, nothing to – Nothing to laugh at. They both sat up in the penalty box for quite a bit of time every game. And it makes sense. How did you have? How old he was? Uh, no, but I believe he's around. He's in his upper thirties. Um, those player types are getting pushed out of the league, kind of. Yeah, it's it's tough to throw punches every other game or so, and you've even said there's not that many fights. Yeah. So. All right, change it to dump and change. Dump and change. I got this little uh, hot players streak. We got a link. I look at Left Wing Lock. It's a pretty good website. Shout out to Left Wing Lock. They have so much information. I just go on here, and it pretty much just tells you who has been playing good. Uh, Tuka Rass is top there. Shut it out, Tampa Bay. So It's not easy to I'm do I'm guessing that. that's a back-to-back game because we had played Boston on so I think yeah, because Kudobin, Kudobin got the shutout against us, unfortunately. Corey Schneider uh, shut out the Rangers. El Montoya shut got the first shutout of his, of the season. Which okay. Um, ben when Scrivens, did Corey Schneider shut out the Rangers? October nineteenth. Hmm. Wow, this is not updated. I was gonna say I have Schneider. I October nineteenth. Yeah, a couple couple months ago. You know why yeah. it's not updated? Because did we hit the refresh button? No, I just don't. The link is, I don't know. This is what they have. This is what they have. Stamkos had a hat trick on October 10th against Florida. Stamkos was, the, the whole Tampa team was still pretty good. Henrik Sedin goes into tonight's game with 629 games played streak. Well, off the top of my head, uh, I know wow. we, we briefly mentioned um, Tavares and Bailey. Both are in the mid 40s in points. Um, Kevin Fiala from uh, Nashville has like nine games in a row with points. Yeah. And ever since uh, Kyle Turris got traded there, the line of Turris, Fiala, and uh, I don't know who the other winger is on that line. For who? Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Whoever the other, whoever the winger is on that line. Arvidsson. Yeah, that might be it. Uh, those three. Um, just have clicked as soon as Turris got there. So, uh, looking at the trade right away, the Turris trade and the Duchesne trade, I think Nashville's been the been the winner so far, at least of current results. Ottawa struggled with Matt Duchesne so far. Yeah, uh, I I did see something quickly that said that he's t- uh, Duchesne's tired of being compared to uh, Kyle Turris. I didn't click on it, but I just read the the title. Yeah, um, I, there's not much he's going to be able to do about that. When you get traded for a player, you're always going to be compared to them. Well, and the thing is, o- Ottawa was a, p- a playoff team, and they're struggling. So 
Yeah, the, the, the team's been in shambles lately. Um, I don't think we have to mention this. Hold on, dump change. Dump change. Dump a change. Uh, this was a while back that there was a guy... I don't know. Have we talked about like Ryan Vince and all the stuff with going through goalies? There was a goalie in St. Louis who had to suit up. I don't think we mentioned it, but because we both love goalies, I think we have to mention. Signed it. an amateur con uh, tryout contract. Tyler Stewart. Stewart. Um, Cutter Hunt was late, a late scratch, and I'm assuming Jake Allen was injured. So, um, yeah, they I think just they had did Jake Allen. Sign. I think they had Jake Allen start, so they called him. Or they had uh, Tyler Stewart, right? I'll probably serve as the backup. Yeah, they just needed a, an emergency backup until oh, yeah. the guy that they called uh, called up from Billy Huso. Yeah, he's, yeah he's that's one of they literally good. they must have like flown him. I don't know, flown him or drove him. Where's the St. Louis's affiliate? Peoria, maybe Chicago, somewhere. I don't know. Injuries. This is always fun. I mean, some of these are still relevant. Murray is back. Um, he came back to Vegas. Flurry played his first game against him. That was an exciting game. I didn't watch it. Um, Corey Perry still injured. I'm pretty sure week to week. That was December 12th. Yep. Dustin Bufflin's still out. He's, that's been over a week now. Uh, Jane Schwartz. That's a hit to St. Louis. Um, yeah, they've been a roller coaster team ever since Schwartz went out. They were destroying the league with Schwartz, but once he got injured, they've been hit or miss. Yeah. Taylor Hall, I'm assuming, is back. Yeah. Um, Devin Dubnik, week to week, but... I think he's Stalock, now... Stalock stepped in, though. Yeah, he's I think been pretty Dubnik good is now day-to-day, last I checked. So, Dubnik should be back right after Christmas. Uh, no update on on uh, Ryan Kessler yet. Oh, yeah. The original, around here. Yeah, the original projection was to have him come back during this current road trip before Christmas, but doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, yeah, there really hasn't been any – they've kind of been low-key about him, about news about him. Yeah. I'm looking right now, talking about Ottawa recently. Craig Anderson, uh, Bobby Ryan, Zach Smith, all on the 22nd, which is today, um, ruled out for the game, so – Ottawa getting hit with the injury bug as well. This is not a good season. This is not a good time of the year for Ottawa. And then last on this list, uh, Austin Matthews has been out. That's been hurting my fantasy team. It's kind of been pissing is me he, off. Is he still out? Um, I the, the last I saw is that he may play before the Christmas break, but he, he will also may play after the Christmas break. So, but he supposedly oh, had a concussion. It was a concussion. Yeah. So, Ooh. you can imagine that. Even with, like, Crosby. doesn't matter how good of a report you get. You never know with concussions. Um, even with Crosby, whenever Crosby would have concussion system or s- symptoms, they would immediately not play him. So Yeah, you never want to risk it, you know. Got to be gotta be a little safe. Uh, I don't think there's really anyone big on this list. Yeah, I don't remember any other glaring injuries throughout the league. Oh, Yager was ruled out on the 20th. Uh not my boy. Well, dump change. Dump and change. You have some blowouts. Flurry, we mentioned him right a yep. couple of seconds Flurry ago. Flurry got to play against uh, Pittsburgh. What was the score of the game? Ah, oh, geez, I don't remember. That was, that was a while ago. It's been a hot <laughs> The first one you have on here is a 4 nothing win, which I don't consider a blowout. I just, I just picked Dallas. scores that were four goals apart. Dallas versus Chicago. Toronto, 8-1 eight, eight to one win over Carolina. Boston, 7-2 to two win over... Columbus, six goals, seven goals, five goals, six goals, six goals. 
Uh, when I was looking through this, I thought it was funny to see Vancouver on the receiving end of one, two, three games, three of those blowouts. And, and this is all just in the last two weeks. So Vancouver not doing so hot. Well, they weren't supposed to do hot anyways. Yeah, they're coming down to earth. But. Um, hottest and notest. The hottest and the notest. Is this very current? So like Tampa this, Bay. This is up to date. Tampa As Bay, of today, Washington. In the last 10 games, only Tampa and Washington have eight wins. Uh, Philadelphia has got seven in their last eight, but in their last ten, they've they've only won seven. Yeah. Um, the Kings, the Golden Knights, the Bruins, and the the Wild have also won seven in their last ten. Surprising um, to me, there. We're just gonna uh, sidetrack to talking about the teams that you're surprised that are doing good. Boston is one of those teams which are like, why are they good? They should not be. Yeah. Vegas is all another one of those teams who is top of the league. But let's Vegas is like third in the NHL. Boston's still kind of in the middle of the pack. But yeah. Boston, like like Philly, Boston's been very streaky. Well, and goaltending was been has been the issue in Boston, I think. Yeah. Um, but no one cares about Boston. And then you have the Kings, which me the Kings. Are always good, but I didn't think they were going to be. The Kings that good. should always be good, and they're finally scoring after they got rid of uh, Daryl Sutter and the the slow, you know, Muppet Man. After they got Man. after they got rid of him, uh, the team they picked up their offensive side of the game, and Jonathan Quick's still been very, very good. Granted, he's just a spider monkey, but yeah, Quick's been uh, Quick's Quick been always good. steals games for them. So Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown have been scoring this season. To Foley's on a career pace right now. The whole the whole Kings franchise right now is is looking like they were in 2012-2013. So yeah. And now the notest, the most not team right now is Arizona. <laughs> Hasn't won in their last six games. Are you sure? Because isn't Buffalo last I knew was last place? Uh, no, Arizona is is worse than Buffalo. I mean, so you have Arizona six straight losses, Buffalo two wins in the last ten games. <laughs> yeah, there's so not very this, much of a big difference there. The but. Sabers are two five and three in the last ten, where, where Arizona's one seven and six, including a current six game losing streak. And Arizona got uh, Ranta back, but yep, um, not been, gonna matter. They've been hesitant to play him because they don't want. He's been injured twice so far this year, so yeah, that's why they went out and got Wedgwood, and he's been decent enough for him. Yeah. Young goalie. Um, I, I thought it was really funny looking on the uh, NHL stats page to, to look up those stats. Um, if you go to the standings and look at the uh, most recent game to see the streaks, only 13 teams have lost their last game. Hmm. I thought that was crazy. There was a bunch of wins and a bunch of overtime losses, which tells me that there's a, l- there's a lot of parity going on in the league. Yeah. So, obviously, besides Buffalo and Arizona. So. What can you do? All right, let's change gears. Talk about fantasy hockey. Oh man, I was excited to hear to hear what you have to say. You just recently made a trade about fan in a fantasy hockey. Yeah, and uh, first game and you got Pekarinaid. First game with those those players, and I had a point three 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 save percentage and a thirty seven goals against average. So my goaltending has been atrocious for as long as I can remember being in this friggin' league. Uh, Pecorine, who's ranked like 19th or something in fantasy hockey. Yep. 
first game on my team and shit the bed. Let's and of him. course I had I have Soros and I put Soros on my bench, which yep. I should have just played both of them, I guess. And Soros didn't let a goal in, so yep. Pecorine and, lets in four goals on six shots in the first six and a half minutes, and Soros stops almost thirty the rest of the game. Yeah, so. What are you gonna do? Like, like I mentioned to you when I when I messaged you about it, because I had to laugh because Pecorino has because I used to own Pecorino in the last couple of years. He's done that to me so many times. He'll play like four or five really good games, and then he'll have one really bad game. And in that deal, I had traded away Ben Bishop, and Ben Bishop decided that he was going to th- get I a don't, shutout. I don't think he played that game. He was. I yes, think, he did. Oh, he did? He got a shutout. Oh, okay. Then whoever owns him didn't play him and he didn't get stats for him. Well, yeah, I told you. He put him on his bench and he, he got <laughs> benched to shutout. So, gotta love when you, you see your opponents doing that. Well, we can continue what we did last week and say uh, hottest players right now in fantasy. Bet you can't guess who is number one. I have to go with John Tavares. John and Tavares is second below this Josh, person. Josh Bailey? No. Oh, no. <laughs> you won't guess him. You will uh, not guess him. Mm, that's a good hint. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been away from fantasy hockey for a couple days. Uh, maybe I should pick this guy up because he's been playing good, and I've always liked him. He's always been a role player. Hmm. Don't, couldn't see him playing on the first line. Maybe this mentions who he was playing with. 15 points in 24 contests so far. Um, a lot of points coming in. Last game he scored a goal, then before that had three assists, had a, two goals and an assist before that. Against oh, good teams, geez. too. Anaheim, Dallas, the Rangers. Oh, jeez, I can't. His I can't. name, he used to be on Tampa Bay, is Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle. Good on for top him. of Boyle John Tavares. Strong. Good for him. Um, below Tavares, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oh, that was my favorite pickup about two weeks ago. He's been gold. He's um, been gold number three or four overall by Columbus a couple of years back. Last game against Pittsburgh, so goal assist. Good. He's so good. Center left wing eligible, picks up face-offs if you use that category. He's got a bunch of bunch of goals, bunch of assists, got, has penalty minutes, shots, hits. He does everything. He had to have been a pickup. There's no way someone drafted him, and he probably wasn't on someone's, anyone's team. So I'm guessing he was probably a free agent pickup. Are we talking about Crash the Crease? Yeah. Yeah, um, I believe. I'm um, just saying in, in fantasy hockey yeah, leagues, I would, I would probably have, a free agent. I well, have. I mean, Boyle's a free agent right now. If True. No way he continues that pace. He's how old, but. Yeah, I, I believe, uh, I don't think anybody really drafted uh, Dubois just because. Young. Um, the depth in uh, the depth in Columbus. Nobody expected him to play. Uh, below him, Bergeron, Larkin, Malkin, Bozak, Shifley, Sagan. Okay, we're, got, we're starting to get to the usuals at this point. Hayes, Adam Lowry. I've always liked Adam Lowry. Yeah, he's been good. Like I mentioned, uh, Kevin Fiala is on like a nine-game point streak, so I was happy I picked him up too. So. MVPs. Um, I'm guessing this is just continuing through the season. Vasilevsky, Rene. Well, if Rene didn't show it the other night, though. <laughs> well, he's on your team. You know he can't. Well, yeah. Brain Shan, Kucherov, Sergachev. So, so good. Voracek, uh, Nemestikov. I did see something. I've always I've been waiting for Nemestikov to pan out, which he finally did, and I'm glad I drafted him in one league, um, that he's quietly been producing, and he's kind of going under the radar, which is good for a, a on-fire rolling Tampa Bay Lightning team. Like I said, it's a, it's a good situation to find yourself in. 
and the trade market. Ooh, here we go. Let's see. We have Mark Gian- Giordano for Kevin Shatkirk. It's interesting. Um, I'd take Kevin Shatkirk any day. I'd take Shatkirk too, but unless you're in a one, I don't understand what your league is. Shatkirk not like is he just a regular defenseman? He's not an offensive defenseman, he, or a, he's an offensive defenseman. He's not very good in his own. He just seems he's, like he's not he's highly quieter. regarded as he's, other defensemen. I think even in uh, even in New York City, he's he, he's become really quiet. I think um, everybody hyped him up. He had a really good year last year with St. Louis and then getting traded to Washington. This is an interesting but. deal. Uh, Provorov for Dreisaitl. Provorov's been doing good for Philly. Dreisaitl's Ooh. not been doing amazing for Edmonton. So I, I, that's an interesting deal. I hope that's in a keeper league because I want to see how that turns out in a couple of years. Like I, If you're getting Dreisaitl, I, I love that deal. I think Provorov's really good too. but um, Yeah, I think Dreisaitl has a bigger name value. Uh, next trade, we got uh, Besser, who was there. Uh, talked about him earlier for Sean Monahan. Um, Sean Monahan's not really been. I feel like I haven't followed Calgary too much. I know Johnny Gaudreau started to heat up a, a little bit ago, but I don't. I don't really know how Monahan's been doing. I haven't heard too much from him. I know he had a hat trick uh, a little while back, but I'm gonna fire through these three. Um, and we'll talk about the most interesting one, I guess. So, Kevin Fiala for Drew Bauer. Uh, Connor McDavid for Braden Shen. I already don't like it. Uh, and then Boone Jenner in a second for Wayne Simmons in a seventh. Okay, so we're going to talk about Fiala for Grubauer, the most interesting one. Um, no reasoning behind that, I guess, because Grubauer is a backup. He's never going to be the starter in Washington unless he gets traded somewhere else. Yeah. And as you had mentioned, Fiala's been clicking with his line mates. Yep, and then we'll, we'll take the uh, second most exciting one. What was the last one you mentioned? McDavid and no, the, the last oh, one. The last one. Yeah. Boone Jenner in a second for Wayne Simmons in the seventh. Wayne Simmons is a, can, can a see very that. valuable player. I could see that, but it depends on on the value of their draft too. I think it depends so. on how well Columbus does. Yeah. Okay. Boone Jenner we'll take the we'll take the most boring trade that you that you announced. Connor McDavid for Braden Chen straight up. That's obviously just a who's playing good deal. I don't think there is ever a time, a place, or anything for anybody to ever trade Connor McDavid in real life or in fantasy. That's just a period. Probably not a keeper league. Probably just a. I don't even know. I don't know why you make that. I feel like if you have Connor McDavid and you trade Connor McDavid, doesn't matter what you're getting back. You're gonna be a worse team off. You're gonna be you know worse off than you were before. McDavid. Uh, 13 goals, 23 assists, 41 points. Brain Shen, 17 goals. How many goals. games played does he, does he have? He has uh, 35 games played. So 41 points in 35 games, and he hasn't even been himself. Brain Shen has played 37 games and has 40 points. Brain Shen, you're getting, you're getting hits, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think you, you have to go Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid will get like 120 points this year. Just got to give it time. He'll find it. Um, if not, he's going to only get 100. Braden Chen's doubled McDavid's face-off wins. Yeah. That's obviously not a keeper league, though. <sighs> There's no way it is. Okay. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Talk Here about we go. the Sabres. Buffalo Sabres. I went to the game against Boston. Um... Yeah, we can do, we can do that because I went to the game against the uh, the Flyers. 
Obviously not. Or like, no, well, the hurricanes. let's talk about that game because that game, the game was against first. The hurricanes, yeah. Uh, that was a that was a very exciting game. It wasn't a good game by the Sabers by any means because it felt like every time we had momentum, there was within the next couple minutes, there was a big letdown. We couldn't really sustain any you know offense and pressure and momentum and whatnot. It was the life got sucked out of the building. However, Jack Eichel decided that we weren't going to go down without a fight, and it was very exciting to see that. Ended up in a five to four. Five to four in overtime. Overtime loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Eichel recorded his first, first career, career shutout. Hat trick. Jack Eichel did wow. shut out. Yes, he did. He shut out with a hat trick. Shut out with a hat trick. <laughs> and don't forget, he had an assist too. Um. Yeah, I watched. I think I watched that game on TV. It was pretty exciting. It was a phenomenal game. I I just love the fact that I got to see Jack Eichel's first career goal in his in the home opener a couple. What was that? Two years ago, and then. His first career hat trick, so getting lucky with those games. Granted, would have rather seen a win. Very sad to see uh, Evander Kane streak down on a breakaway, stuff it into the pad of Cam Ward, and then Carolina turns back the other way and just rips one by Chad Johnson. Yeah, I forgot Johnson had played that game, but it wasn't even like that was a, a bad goal that we no, had given it, up. Given up, it wasn't like there wasn't. We didn't really give up a lot of bad goals. It was there, you could see the breakdowns uh, start in the neutral zone and carry into the defensive zone. And there was there was a couple unlucky. There was a, a really nice deflection goal by Carolina. The shot was going probably four feet to the uh, to the left of uh, Chad Johnson and Sebastian Ajo just sticks a stick out and deflects it perfectly. Johnson never saw it. And Buffalo. I mean, that game was in their hands multiple mm-hmm. times, and like you said, Kane, who has a clear-cut breakaway, gets stuffed by uh, Cam Ward. So yeah, would have been nice to see. It, it was nice to see. First of all, it was very nice to see uh, the Sabers continue to battle back, where they'd be down by a goal or two, and they never felt as if the game was out of reach. Like the 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 crowd was never. Oh, you know, the game's over. We're down by two. It, we felt like there was a chance to win all the way to the very end, and I think that hasn't been present the whole season. And they kept saying that on the broadcast, that the fans were really into it. Like, you no, know, you had messaged and said that oh. the fans were doing we the were wave. Do, they were and, doing the wave because Jack Eichel scored a hat-trick. It was the, incredible. And the last time you've seen that is a real long time. What was the stat? The I was last, just trying to think. It was 2011. Yeah. I'd, it was something I'd, about... I believe uh, it was Thomas Vanek. Let's see here. Yeah, I think it was the last... First hat trick at home since Thomas Vanek did it in 2011. Yeah, so, that's ridiculous. So fans, I guess, deserve that game. It would have been nice to have a win, but of course, I mean, a point's a point. But where you are right now in the standings, you need matter. two every time. Or, or it doesn't matter because true. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, here we come. I went to the Boston game and how the first period had started. It was actually seemed like it could have been a good game. We were physical. I think we had outshot Boston. Uh, heavily in the first period and then um the second period kind of was neutral it was very both sided neutral zone play and then third period was just terrible i was i was so frustrated with that game they just played awful the whole entire game um defensively couldn't stop anything couldn't stop a player from entering the zone and then offensively of course terrible passing everyone had stone hands and then um a breakout into the zone it was it was just atrocious so it does make me happy though uh, obviously i didn't get to watch that game so uh, i don't i don't have that sense of breakdown and exactly what kind of detail and how the sabers played but just looking at the box score 
it makes me happy knowing that when you say we've played terrible and we only allowed one goal, two empty net goals, you know, granted the final score says three nothing, but it was a one it was a one goal game until the very end. And uh, it's it's a positive note in my opinion to to play awful against a team who's been good lately and only lose by one goal. So Yeah. There are silver linings. Granted, it's you, at this point of the year you can't be looking for silver linings. You have to get results. So the, we know what kind of team we have at this point of the year. It's not going to get much better. And I guess you can read off this: the Sabers have been leading by one or two goals in the third period, and then ended up tying. And the other team ends up tying it, or, or the Sabers end up losing it. Yep. Um, which you had mentioned is the opposite of what we got used 10 to plus years ago. Yeah where it was Buffalo would be behind or would come back and end up winning it in the With third the, period. The Chris so. Drury and Danny Briere years where, oh, Sabres are down by two goals starting the third period. Not a single Sabres fan was worried because you knew that we were going to come out and we were going to come out flying, get at least a goal or two and make things interesting towards the end. Uh, two other bullet points here. I don't really want to spend that much time on them. Lehner, um from previous games had against the Blues and Chicago had faced 40 shots, had played really good, and Buffalo mm-hmm. obviously didn't perform in front of them. Um, I'm guessing you had you had I, entered in I their did, high yes. compete level, and then I just commented, <laughs> no, he's just psycho. So He is a little psycho, and I, I think that adds to his game. I think it subtracts a bit, but I think it does add some. And then you have the home and away I stats. I am in awe on how dramatically different these stats are, where the results are the same. You know, he's only got one more win at home than he does on the road, and two less tries he has been a little more successful at home not anything noticeable though but like his individual stats uh at home less than two goals against a game stopping almost 94 percent of the shots if he does that through a whole season he's in the running for the vesna yeah but But then you (laughs) add in the other half of the games where the sabers are you know not playing key bank center Almost a 4.0 goals against average, and he's stopping just under 90% of the shots, which is not good enough. Yeah. So, But, I mean, that's different because usually in the past couple of years you've had um, Buffalo not be good at home, and you've had them be good away. So it's kind yeah. of a switch. Um, the issue more, still, fe- more, more focusing on goaltending rather yeah, than the whole yeah. team as a the team but it's it's a shame though that we even at home we've seen Robin Lehner's played pretty consistently at home he lets in one or two goals that make you scratch your head he'll find a way to stop 32 34 shots gives his team a chance Sabres only score one goal I did want to mention that in the game against Boston that he sold out on so many plays Palmerville saved his ass on one play wide open net uh it was a uh streak down the right side um, the player pretty much just like did a little fake and then just went around the net. Laner was f- friggin' flying into the corner, and Palmaville dove with his stick and knocked the puck away in order to stop a um, a, a goal. And so. we also almost scored on him as well. I think it was Boyu uh, towards the end. No, it was, I think it was actually I don't know if it was the third or the second. Went to go pass a, the puck behind the net and shot it at Laner and almost trickled in. So oh boy, yeah, interesting there. Um, I guess we can talk about that question I had posted on Facebook a while ago. Um, it was basically a question about def- the defensive core and how they need to make improvements. Yeah. Um, biggest thing for me, I guess, is that they're very flat-footed and 
they don't seem like they're moving. And that's I, not even just the defense. I think that is the team as a whole. Which is surprising from Phil Housley, who, as a defenseman, Phil Housley is a Hall of Famer, known for his offense and jumping in the play and moving around. It's interesting to see how the Sabres are playing against what you would expect them to play with Phil Housley in the mix. And there hasn't been that many contributions from the defensive core either. Do we have two goals, I think. I think, I think it's two or three. Jake McCabe has two. I don't, I don't know who else would have scored. Two or three, yeah, and I think it's McCabe and Risto. It's it's pathetic, really. It honestly is. You have Tyler Myers himself has scored more goals this season than every Buffalo Sabres defenseman added together. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Giraffe on skates. He's got more goals than your whole team or your whole decor does. Uh, other problems holding the blue line. They've been terrible at that. Um, play, plays have been passes from... Uh, in the corner of the offensive zone, back to the point, and they don't keep it in. Power plays. It does, it does seem to bounce over their sticks a lot, like in a ridiculous amount of times. Power plays. Um, they'll be passing it across the blue line, and it'll be bad passes, and it'll yep. it'll go out of the line, out, yep. out of the zone. It's unfortunate, but the, they're they're very little minute details to the game like that where. Good teams don't. That doesn't happen to teams like Chicago or St. Louis. And then also, I think coverage. And then there's seems like with that a breakdown in communication mm-hmm. seems like a big issue. Yeah. Um, many times this season you've seen the Sabers get scored on because one of the defensemen gets caught out of the, out of his position or goes and follows the puck rather than covering the guy. Or the worst thing, like it, it was very prevalent at the beginning of the season when nobody was on the same page on a power play breakout where they would drop the puck, especially in that game against the Islanders where I think it was Boyu or Eichel dropped the puck and straight to John Tavares who walked in and beat Lanner Feifel. Yeah. Like that that exact same play happened except it was Evander Kane in the Carolina game that I went to with Eichel's Hattie. Evander Kane tried to drop it back to the middle right to the tape, like to the tape of a hurricane uh, four-checker. Yeah, there's a lot of times where just makes you scratch they're making no-look passes, and it doesn't make sense because you don't have the talent or the chemistry on lines to be able to do that. Yep. I think we should switch gears and talk a little positive couple notes. I have some things in here. Um, but one more note with Housley jumbling lines, and I read the lines that are for tonight's game. Yeah, I was Did very I was, I was very interested for these. So you have first line is Gergensen's Eichel Reinhardt. Which good to, good to see Reinhardt back up with Eichel. Which is interesting to see Gergens up. Yeah, Gergensen's exactly. Up so you have Eichel playing with Reinhardt. Love that. Why are you putting Gergensen's on that line? Keep Kane on that line. They've played good together in previous games I don't I don't I don't get the logic is Gergensen's uh, a protector there is he a fear factor in that line which he's not really he should be the work boots on that line um which I mean yeah come with some speed come with some some grit goes to the corner will fight for the puck all he has to do is make a simple pass to Jack or Sam and they can work their magic with it and we saw Gergensen's has the talent to score Granted, he was the only player on the team that was trying to score in the when we were clearly not tanking. Yeah. But uh, then you have Kane, O'Reilly, Akposo, which that line's good. I'd rather see Kane with Eichel and Reinhardt, and I'd rather see either Pouillat or Pominville on that line. Pouillat's been on that line for a couple games now. I don't know. They've been playing decent. They've been scoring yeah. and stuff, but Pouillat's added they've a been lot playing of depth, good. depth scoring for us. Yeah. 
Um, next line, Puya Joseph Sin Pominville. I think I think he's I think uh, the the logic is to spread out the scoring a bit. Now Jack Scott, <laughs> even though you don't really have scoring anywhere. Granted, we just got shut out by Boston, but I think the logic would be, oh, Eichel just got a hat trick, so maybe he's uh, he's good to go. Evander Kane, you know what he's going to do? He's always shooting. Pouillat's added that depth scoring, put him with Josephson, who has a nice shot, and Pominville, and so that should, in theory, give you three lines that could score. Yeah, and then the last line you have Wilson, Larson, Nolan, uh, and that's just the line that's just ready to go. Yeah, I prefer Larson on the third line just to get a couple more. Larson's been pretty strong, and Nolan's been decent, and then Wilson's just a supporting factor there. Yeah. Um, and then you have defensively, Skindela, Risto, McKay, Bogosian, Georges, and Boyu. Um, nice to see uh, Antipin getting a breather. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Antipin wasn't playing. I, I thought he's been good, and I think he's a good defensive piece for Buffalo, but, I mean, if it's a rest, then sure, whatever. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. Positive stuff. The penalty kill. Penalty kill's been real good. Granted, if you look in our our last uh, six games, uh, what do we have here? One, two, three power play goals in that time. Uh, one penalty, one power play goal against. So interesting. Our, our penalty kill's been keeping us in games, which is giving us some some you know glimmer of hope. Because five on five, we're not good, and on the power play, we're not good. So. Um, this was an interesting tweet by Mike Harrington, who I don't, I think you and me both dislike, but not a fan. Um, someone had asked him, "Do you think Botterill acquires another Scott Wilson type player to keep extra forward so he can keep all the kids in Rochester?" Mm-hmm. And Harrington basically said, "Of course, because he doesn't want to have them." Yeah, I don't. I don't think we get. need to at this point because we still have like, uh, who's who's sitting tonight for forwards. Rodriguez is sitting then. It's just Rodriguez. So I, I think we I don't think we need to acquire any more. I think uh, you have all the the young guns. Uh, Hudson Fashing's back down. But it's uh, a it's a Bailey I mean it's a concept and, that makes sense. Because, yeah. It, it, I mean it, it's the same thing that what you did with Molson. <laughs> you you sent him down and then sent him to LA's affiliate or yeah, whatever. So it, it aligns with the way that Botterill wants to build the team. He wants to build the team with patience and depth and people in the right places at the right time and uh, Rochester's been having a great season so far so only other big news from the Sabres is that uh, Nylander gets to go play in the World Juniors oh yeah so that'll, that'll be, be big that'll be big for him because he's not doing so hot even though the the Amherst are doing well uh, Nylander himself has not been doing that well he's been very quiet oh, great he's gonna be another like Reinhardt he's, been, be? he's high skill still kind of soft still not used to the North American game um, quick things. Uh, Winter Classic, that's coming up. That is coming up. That's so, uh, four games from now. So that'll be interesting, fun to watch. The jerseys look cool. Um, it's our the, fun home game in New York City. Yeah, Road to the Winter Classic. Google Dolls are playing in that. So well, let's bring them back. Trying to make it as Buffalo as they can while it's in New York City. Bring them back. Better um, days. The Pagulas are owners also, also of, huge news of the Buffalo Buttes now. So the Sa- the Sabres owners, the Bills owners, they're acquiring more teams. Um, <laughs> Not the Google Dolls, the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Did I say Google Dolls? Well, um, Google, don't Google Dolls. Google Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, uh, Buffalo Sabres owner, the, the Pagulas purchased... The Buffalo Buttes, which is a huge step for women's hockey in North America. I just want to read the first 
Terry and Kim are expanding their sports holdings by purchasing the National Women's Hockey League Buffalo Buttes in a first-of-the-kind sale for a three-year-old yep. professional league. Yep, it's it's a great foundation block for uh, women's sports, and the, the next step is to get that um, TV deal or the media deal where they'll get more exposure. And I think it's huge for for hockey. It's huge for uh, women in sports. It's it's fantastic. And I did read something too just quick side note that there was like a women's team that uh ended up like getting kicked out of a locker room for a men's team so there's interesting there i don't know if it was with the women's hockey league or what there's Um, still some uphill battles but and then the other thing i read an inch i actually read an article um it was on way and it was on patrick cletto's by john vogel of the buffalo news um i like his article look it up it's called inside the savers patrick's coletta motor is still revving um, it's a pretty good article, and it just shows how Coletta is still very engaged very in the hockey community in, the in um, Western New York, and definitely with the Sabers and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's running youth programs and building a hockey rank and stuff like that. So it's yep. a pretty good and interesting article. It's nice to see the you know ex Sabers participate in the the grassroots uh, foundation there, trying to build hockey in Western New York and expand it. Yeah, so. That's pretty much it. Wrap we, that up. We, the Sabres need to win more. That's that's my point. Yeah, they're playing against Philly tonight. We'll see how that goes. Like I said, they're, Philly's going for their eighth win in nine games. We, got, we travel to Carolina tomorrow. That's not going to be an easy game. Granted, they're not. Uh, Carolina got spanked by Toronto and then turned around and spanked Nashville. Yeah. So who knows what Carolina will get. Well, After that, we go to the Long Island, and then we head to New Jersey, and then we go home. In New York City on, on New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, follow us, Real Buffalo Sabres fans, face, on the Facebook, 4G on the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, always some updates on there. Uh, we'll post pre-games, uh, some stats, basically comparing how terrible the Sabres are to their opponents. I haven't had a lot of stars on the Sabres side lately. It makes me sad. Come on, Buffalo. Uh, listen to the main podcast, 4G, which has been 2G and 3G in previous weeks. Hey, but we got 4Gs, and it's coming up right next. Um, hopefully everyone has a merry, happy, very Christmas and a good new year. Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. Yeah, but I celebrate Christmas, so... <laughs> Merry well, Christmas. I'm covering everybody else. I'm, of um, course, Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to play the little jingle bells at the end of that and wrap this up. As always, this is Brendan Brace the Tank, and hope you join us next week. Mm-hmm.